Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And today I'm joined in the studio by one of the most successful middle distance triathletes on the planet, Sam Appleton. In this episode, Sam is an open book. He shares the ups and downs of being a professional athlete with just absolute honesty and and vulnerability. We have some fun with the rapid fire questions and Sam describes his intent for the 2022 season. I personally thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Now, a little bit of housekeeping before we go on. Thank you again so much for listening to this show. It is growing and I really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, you can do so by just uh, sharing it on your social platforms. It's been really remarkable how many of you have been willing to do that. I thank you so much for that. Or you can support the show's partners, Athletic Brewing, Athletic Greens, and of course, Form Swim Goggles. You can't go wrong with those. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy this one as much as I do. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. A quick mention of the show's partners. These are all great companies and products that I use daily. If you want to support the show, you'd be doing me a massive favor by supporting these brands. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Anyone will tell you that I'm someone who loves to have a beer and there's always a beer in the fridge for me and or guests that pop in. But with kids, my work and just my overall health, I, I, I can't and I don't drink often. I can't afford to not be on my game and, and I simply don't like the foggy feeling I get by drinking alcohol. So I've tried non-alcoholic beers, but I guess I'm a bit of a beer snob because none of them have measured up to a real craft beer experience that I like. But now with Athletic Brewing, I can have a high quality, just flavorful and award-winning craft beer, and it's only 50 to 70 calories per can. And these beers just, they fit into any occasion. So I don't have to compromise on my social life or choose between having a great beer and, and just keeping my clarity. So go ahead and check them out at athleticbrewing.com and use code GREG20 at checkout and receive 20% off your first beer order. And that's athleticbrewing.com or you can find them at your local liquor store or bottle shop. And I'll let you know, I'll be having one every single episode I record. They're, they're that good. This episode is brought to you by my longtime partner, an amazing company and brilliant product, Athletic Greens. I'm using Athletic Greens every day. Great taste, so quick and ready to go. Athletic Greens is a delicious blend of 75 superfoods and vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and a greens blend and more to support gut health, energy, and immunity and stress. I've also been doubling down on Athletic Greens Vitamin D, a huge portion of the population of Vitamin D deficient, myself included. And right now, Athletic Greens will give you a year's supply of Vitamin D for free and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Do yourself a favor and sign up. It makes a great gift for a family member or a friend. So sign up now and get a free year of supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. This episode is brought to you by Form. In my opinion, Form Smart Swim Goggles are the biggest thing to hit the swimming world. With Form Smart Swim Goggles, you can see all your key metrics while you're swimming, distance, your pace, stroke rate, and heart rate. The swim data is displayed on the goggle lens and you can customize the display to see the key metrics that you want to see. I couldn't believe it when I first tried them. They fit like normal, comfortable goggles and the display is there, but it's not in the way. I consciously look at the lens to see my stroke rate and my pace and my heart rate and distance. 
if you're a pool swimmer or an open water swimmer, I encourage you to check these goggles out. Please go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. Again, that is formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off the Form Smart Swim goggles at checkout or use code Greg2021 at checkout. All right, today I'm joined in the studio by one of the most successful middle distance triathletes on the planet, winning a multitude of the biggest 70.3s in the world and placing fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, and ninth at the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. To me, it feels like it's time to crack the podium and take a win. It'll come shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> if the World Championships were in the Napa Valley region, the wine region of California, this man would have plenty of hardware. He's won the Vineman, now Santa Rosa 70.3, four times from five starts. He's currently ranked number 12 in the world rankings with enormous potential to leap up to the top. It's a pleasure to have one of the best men I know in this studio with me. So welcome and thanks for joining me on the Greg Bennett Show, Sam Appleton. How are you, mate? Hey, Greg. Great <laughs> to be here. Wow, what a what an intro. I mean, I don't know. I've I've been a fan of the show since it's um, since you started it, and I must say, I got a bit of imposter syndrome being here. I think you know, I almost don't deserve um, to be here after all the guests and everything that you've had on. It's uh, some big shoes to fill, but yeah, I'm stoked to be here and stoked to have a chat. Not at all, mate. You you are more than worthy. It's like I just touched on your resume in the introduction there, and. Uh, do you, I mean, on that imposter syndrome, which is a word, you know, we've all struggled with, do you still have that a little, do you have that in the sport or, or is it just coming onto this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe, yeah, through the sport as yeah. well. You know, yeah. I'm just a, a kid from Western Sydney that, uh, you know, does sport for a living. It's kind of, you know, I'm just an everyday everyday yeah. guy and um yeah to be you know when you read off that resume it's like oh wow you know i have i actually, did a couple of things yeah exactly yeah i've done pretty well yeah. um but yeah you know i've kind of always been a bit of a quiet achiever so sometimes yeah. you know it's good to get that validation from other people i think <laughs> and um yeah so yeah thanks for having me on no well i've been a big fan of yours i think I think, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but was it at the uh, Scott Carpenter pool in Boulder we first probably met? And I just thought you were just a, a well-mannered, respectful, but really wanting to be better. Like you were asking all the right questions. And that was probably 10, uh, eight years ago. When, I'm not sure when you came to Boulder, but. Um, so I think I actually, you might not remember it. I think the first time we met was at Bustleton, uh, not Bustleton, uh, Mandurah 73. Ah, yes, it was yes, the yes. Uh, Australian Long Course Championships. Was that 2014? Okay. And yeah. um, I think that might have been one of your last yeah, races. Yeah, I DNF'd I think um, that day actually. Yeah, yeah and um, <laughs> I think we were having a chat. Um, and then, yeah, I came to Boulder the following year and, yeah, kind of really got to know you. And But, yeah, that's the great thing. You know, I wanted to come to Boulder as, you know, this young up-and-comer. I wanted to learn from the greats like yourself and Craig. Alexander yeah. and all the other Australians that have you know traveled over here and I wanted to follow in that that footsteps it's like a rite of passage almost. yeah so, there's um, a few of us isn't there now when you think of Rini's over here and, and like you mentioned Crowey would always come over Chris Lee um there's a plethora yeah. I know I'm missing names Joe Gambles Joe Gambles well. thank yep. you yeah yeah there's there's so many Aussies that have made Boulder home um and even non-triathletes the amount of Aussies that I bump into you know even taking the kids to gymnastics and you know we've met so many in the playground mums are here oh, that sounds like an Aussie yeah you know, yeah exactly. it's, it's yeah. an invasion yeah <laughs> I mean it's a beautiful spot and it's it's a great spot to train as well yeah. and I never really came here with the anticipation to 
move here and you know set down roots but i met my now wife and bought a house and now we have a dog and now it's it gets ever harder to leave and uh yeah. yeah i think i've put roots down here and yeah it's a great spot to to live and to train it's easy for me to go out and do my job day in day out you know yeah. so I know, isn't it? Fun? Well, we're not allowed back to Australia at the moment anyway, so you might as well put down roots. And I mean, that's great. Are you uh, on a green card then or what are you, are you a citizen of the US No, now? I'm a, I'm still on the P1 visa. Um, yeah. I should have done the green card um, when Sarah and I got married, but um, my immigration lawyer was like, it's way easy just to renew the visa. We can yeah. just do it online. You pay the fee and it's done. Yeah. I think he didn't want to do the work and I was <laughs> like, yeah, if it's easy, sure. Yeah, but now, yeah. um, now that I'm on a P1 visa, I'm still not a permanent resident so traveling back into the u.s through the quarantine and everything and the pandemic was quite difficult um so when i went to the collins cup i had to come back into the u.s on an ester so i had i've got 90 days so i have to leave the u.s again on november 24th so um yeah it was a bit of a pain in the butt but uh we got it organized because i really wanted to race the collins cup yeah Um, but i'm actually heading back to australia at the end of november so to sort out my visa situation so i can come back to the us oh that's great you need to go home and see family anyway and you mentioned western sydney where where specifically were you so i grew up in the blue mountains um so yeah name of the town lithgow um so i grew up in glenbrook which is lower blue mountains um but yeah had an awesome childhood there it's it's so beautiful i think some of the best running trails in the world. And, um, you know, that's not a hyperbole. I truly believe that. I think it's, you know. And some good mountain biking too, isn't there? Yeah, really good. And yeah, yeah, I just spent so much of my childhood in the outdoors growing up, um, you know, swimming in all the rivers and streams and running and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. My brother's just moved to the other side of the Blue Mountains and he's gone to Bathurst. Oh, nice. Um, So yeah, a bit bit further along. And I I know my family all come from Katoomba and that part of the world. Mm. So Yeah, yeah, it is a magnificent. And anybody that wants to visit Australia, don't miss out on going to the Blue Mountains and Katoomba and the Three Sisters and the amazing – the Three Sisters is actually a rock formation, by the way. I'm not talking about yeah. meeting the Three Sisters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, mate, this is uh, – what you get up to this morning? Because we're recording now on a lunchtime on Saturday. Um, you know, did you train this morning? Yeah, so I went out and rode uh, three hours. I had a bit of a harder bike session. After 70.3 Worlds, it took me a little bit longer to – kind of come around and find my legs again. But um, yeah, today I went out and rode up to Ward. So for anyone that's not a local, you ride up to about 10,000 feet here at Ward and it's starting to get a bit cold. So I wanted to make the most of kind of yeah. the higher um, higher elevation rides for the next uh, few weeks. So I, yeah, I rode up to Ward, did a bit of a TT specific session, uh, three hours total, so nothing too bad. And then, yeah, I'm going to run this afternoon after yeah. after the podcast. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to wear you out too much. <laughs> now, you were meant to, you were considering racing today anyway at the Memphis 70.3. Um, did you see the results? I just I just looked at the results and I was thinking, oh, I wonder if Sam, I mean, what do you think? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love following triathlon as well, you know, even races that I'm not supposed to do. Yeah, I had a kind of penciled in Memphis after 70.3 Worlds just to see if I'd come around. But I think perhaps I underestimated the kind of emotional and physical toll that prepping for a world championship can do um, to the body. And it took me, you know, I didn't really feel good um, up until a couple of days ago. And I just didn't want to go into a race um, like Memphis 70.3, a little bit underdone and Mm. maybe not completely mentally in it so i decided to um pull out and i'm going to do the la try in three weeks and then onto oceanside 70.3 so yeah i didn't want to rush into anything yeah, and freshen up a bit yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and give you know give the body 
a rest if it needs it. Yeah. You know, I've always been pretty good at um, keying off my body and how I'm feeling and I've never never had success forcing it. So, no. um, yeah, I listen to my body and I'm going to regroup and then go again. So, yeah, today was kind of the first harder bike session back and then a bit of a harder run this afternoon as well. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, good man. Well, I, I think you made the right decision. I had Sam Long sitting on the deck yesterday afternoon with me and uh, – and he pulled out of the Ironman that he started the week afterwards in Chattanooga. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, he thought he'd be okay. But I think that race in St. George, 70.3 worlds, um, and we'll talk on that in a bit more in a second. But I think, you know, it is quite a demanding – when you race it, when you're getting top tens, when you go – when you're in the thick of the race and you're trying to get everything out, out of yourself as you can, it, it really – it is a race that can bite you. You know, it's a tough race. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, racing a 70.3, you know, at the front of a world championship in that top 10, like you said, it's requires so much of the body and so much emotional, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. so much emotional investment as well. And I really think you need to give it the respect it deserves yeah. and allow yeah. the body to come around. And um, yeah, I think, you know, for someone like Sam, it was always going to be a tough ass backing up from an Ironman. But I thought if anyone can do it, it's, yeah, probably, he's, it's probably him. He's, having, he's had one of those years, hasn't he? Where oh, you're like, absolutely. When he, yeah. when he put himself on the start line, I'm like, you'll probably do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, well, wow. yeah. I think a lot of people thought the same. Yeah. Yeah. He's, had a, he's had a great year. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of races to come yeah. and um, a lot more racing ahead. So, yeah, I thought I don't need to rush. I don't need to force any racing. Um, yeah. And I'll just. I'll just race when uh, when the body's ready. Perfect, perfect. Well, what I wanted to do today is is, is look at the seventy point three worlds, uh, recap your whole season a bit, Collins Cup and everything ever, everything else that you've been doing, and then I just want to get to know you a bit more. Where we, we'll rewind the clock, as I say, and we'll go back and look at a bit of your past. Um, before we do that, you want to crack open a beer? What do you What have you got there? We've got an athletic brewing again, people. Um, yep. Highly recommended. Loving these things. Which one have you got? I've got the Run Wild IPA. I'm an IPA drinker. I only, I pretty much drink exclusively IPAs, so I'm looking forward to giving this one a go. Is that right? Well, I've got the. What have I got? I got the, the Free Wave Hazy IPA. So this one's a bit more of a, a fruitier one. Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs> All right. So let's get cracking here, everybody. Let's let's have a look at this. You know, we're looking at two weeks ago. Now today that you raced the 70.3 world championships, um, you came in ninth overall feeling solid day. What do you think? Yeah, I think solid is a pretty good word for it. Um, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was my best foot forward, but it's also, you know, when I kind of take a bird's eye view of my year and my lead up, I'm actually reasonably proud of another top 10. Um, I think that's my fourth or fifth top 10 at the 70.3 world so yeah, that's a lot of them mate i just read them all out at the stop fourth fifth sixth eighth ninth so yeah that's five five, top, five so top tens, i mean mate. to be consistent over the last five years is something to be proud of but i also i just have a bit of a nagging kind oh, of in the yeah. back of my head yeah, um, yeah. you know i know i can run better than i ran at saint george and um i think you know, that's what makes us athletes. We always want more, I think. Mm. Um, you know, even I've won races that I haven't been completely satisfied with. So. Yeah, that's true, right. And I think that's what keeps us coming back and that's what keeps us uh, moving the needle and driving forward and finding all those small improvements. Um, so I think overall I'm content, but I'm really hungry for more and I know I've got more in me. So that's also another, another thing that's, yeah, in the back of my mind. I know I can give more and I think... Um, yeah, I mean, St. George next year, it's going to be the same course, um, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, 
it was good, a great race and to be battling it out at the front, the swim bike, and then for a little bit of the run. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy and I think I'm trying to get better at being a little bit uh, easier on myself and not <laughs> yeah. being so hard on myself. What are you talking about? You're a professional athlete. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, but like I said, that that drive and that hunger is what yeah. keeps us coming back and keeps yeah. us, you know, year after year. Yeah. So you, you, I mean, you had your typical race where, I mean, Ben Canute, I was talking to him, he was on last week's episode and we kind of went through this race a bit and you guys, you know, have the tussle for leading the swim. Um and then you, you went onto the bike. Ben got a little gap at the start of the bike, he was saying. I mean, were you happy to let him go? Did you not have the legs? What, what was the start of the, that like for you? So, yeah, Ben and I were chatting on the start line and he's like, because um, I think we both know that it was probably going to be down to, um, yeah, me or him to lead the swim. So, yeah, um, yeah he, had a, he just said to me, he goes, whoever feels good will, um, you know, let the other person lead and don't don't drag each other down because yeah. swimming next to each other, you can get tangled. You can actually inhibit each other's momentum, yeah. and especially yeah. if you're sit, sitting on their hip as well. Well, you and Jan next to each other at Collins Cup was exactly. a prime example yeah. of that. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I just thought I can – Ben was swimming well and I, I thought I can sit on his feet pretty comfortably yeah. and um, – I may as well conserve because I know if I went to the front, I'd be just doing the same pace, but probably using more energy. So, um, so yeah, I was happy to let Ben lead the swim. And then I actually had a problem in T1. Uh, I spent about 45 seconds trying oh no. to get my zipper. Oh no. Up. It's um, happened to all of us. Oh, it's the worst so, feeling. <laughs> you just get so frustrating. You're like, oh. exactly. Um, so my zipper actually broke. So I ended up riding the whole ride with my, you know, bare chested. Oh. Um, so, but I spent about 45 seconds in transition trying to get it up because I knew, you know, it was important to get it done up. For, for the, the aerodynamics. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there also a, a rule that you have to try and have that up? Is there, I know ITU have certain amount. I just so I think there used to be a rule, um, but Ironman probably made the right decision in getting rid of that rule because, yeah. you know, people love to unzip. Oh, and I used to, I've got photos going around the internet right now with my shirt off. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know a guy by the name of Christophe Crows? Uh, he, he's a French guy. He has a, a, a group on Facebook with all the triathlon, I guess, call them legends or whatever. But yep. I guess there's a photo of me that he put up of, you know, wheeling my bike into transition, well, into T2, I think, whatever. At, uh, I think it was Minneapolis and I'm shirtless. And Facebook have written him and say, hey, get this nudity off your site. Really? <laughs> I'm like, what? I just saw it. Anybody that knows, go check it out on Christoph Crows. Uh, oh, he's doing a remarkable job of trying to keep the sports history alive. Yeah, but he's amazing. getting in trouble by putting nudists on his page. <laughs> yeah, amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, go back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously I was playing a bit of catch-up because there was about – six of us that had a bit of a gap out of the swim yeah, about yeah. 45 to 50 seconds I think and I was like this is the race because I raced St. George earlier this year back when it was the North American champs mm -hmm. and that's what happened it you know that front swim group gets away and it's almost can be lights out mm -hmm. for people chasing um so I was a little bit frustrated but then fortunately um I rode quite hard and there was a couple of guys I think Frederick Frank and mm -hmm. Ditlev and Gustav Eden um we all kind of rode together to catch back up to that front group. It was about, you know, yeah, that 40 seconds in front. And then, yeah, it was that group of, I think there was eight or nine of us until uh, Gustav wasn't feeling too social anymore and know, decided so to- rude. Uh, So rude. Yeah, so rude. Um, yeah, he decided that he'd had enough of us and yeah. uh, off he went and we never saw him again. Yeah, so when did he go? When was that? That was about- Halfway through? No. I think it was about 60K. Yeah, 60K, in, yeah. Along Red Hills Parkway. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a 
uphill and it almost it didn't really look like he attacked as such he it almost looked like one of those positioning errors where you know when it kind of groups together at the base of a climb yeah. after you've just done a descent it yeah. strings out you hit the base of a climb and it all comes together and yeah, I thought, well, the leader slows down and the back markers are still moving exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and i thought he had just maybe entered the tra- uh, the draft zone so he made a commitment to go to the front to not get a penalty right and then um yeah all of a sudden i'm just like I think I was actually the one that. Oh, you dropped, were. Um, you were. Ben Canute told me it was you. Yeah. <laughs> to, be, just, to be fair, I was thinking someone else can bloody come around and, uh, and cover this gap. I'm, I'm, uh, so no, then those ben, three- ben wasn't harsh, by the way. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't want to do it. I, you know, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, sorry to all the guys that were behind me, but um, yeah, I just don't think anyone yeah. really had the legs to go with Gustav because mm. then he ended up coming into T2 all by himself. You know, he rode a 158 on that course which is unbelievable um and yeah just a all-round complete performance by him which is you know it's just lifting the game again you can't it's just yeah it's incredible (laughs) oh yeah i've improved this year this is going to be my year and then suddenly the bar's a little higher damn it yeah when do i get to step and be the guy that leads that bar and i i think i mean we'll get more into this but i think this is you it's a ben canute and it's this next group that will be the ones lifting the bar mm-hmm. you know it's like okay we got it we got to jump again here we go yeah well yeah we've seen we've seen the sport evolving you know yeah. first it was a few years ago um and now the with the influx of the itu guys it's all happening again it just keeps yeah. it keeps evolving and keeps getting faster and faster and you, you you just can't have a weakness no um you just have to be so strong across the board in order to be successful and yeah i mean Rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah. Um, I just had a, a chat to my coach, Matt Dixon, and it was kind of one of those, you know, existential quote, uh, existential talks that we had. It's like, you know, the level's changing again. Do you want to go with it? You know, one of those kind of hard hitting mm. questions that he was asking me and yeah, bloody oath, I want to go mm. with it. So uh, yeah, here we go. I'm going to focus over the winter and really knuckle down and hopefully next year it'll be it'll be me raising the bar again good you gave me goosebumps just then that was awesome i love that <laughs> you know yeah you want it you got to go all in matt dixon what a great guy he's come on this show i went on his show um i really enjoy matt's company he speaks really well mm-hmm. he, he's a he's a he's doing very well on the coaching side of things so that's fantastic um you mentioned earlier you know you felt like your your run might have been a bit do you think you you run needs to work or is it more strength on the bike so you can optimize your run to be honest i think it's the run itself um this year i had a really kind of tough year just getting momentum and rhythm in my training um i had a bit of a knee injury at the beginning of the year which kind of knocked me out for a little bit and then i got going again and then you know i had some other health issues that came up and I just never was able to string together those back-to-back months of really consistent training this year that I really needed um, to be, you know, further up at a 70.3 Worlds. And I think the run is something that I've always had to work on and it's something that I'm going to have to continue to work on for the rest of my career, I think. You know, I feel like my swim and bike are at that level where it needs to be. Um, But, yeah, it's just it's a delicate balance, you know, with triathlon, there's three sports that you need to, Mm -hmm. you need to train for and, you know, requiring, you know, if you want to find more time in the run, it's probably going to require dropping the swim and bike volume, which Mm. could then, you know, that's my strength, which could, you know, I don't want to lose my strength. Uh, (laughs) So it's kind of that delicate balance that you need to find. Um, 
but yeah, this winter, obviously, we're going to have a bit of a run project and I'm hoping to come through the other side as a bit of a Sam 2.0. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited for that. Uh, I think, you know, I really want to surround myself with people that are going to push me and drive me and, um, yeah, improve me overall as an athlete. So when you say run project, can you give us any insight to what that might be? Is that training partners or is that doing running races? Is that? Yeah, I think I've always been a bit of a lone wolf with my training. And I think, I think perhaps I've kind of reached that ceiling Mm -hmm. and now I need to find people that are going to push me. And I really want to surround myself with actual runners and I want to, get in with a run group here in Boulder. There's, you know, a plethora of run groups that you can mm. choose from. And, um, yeah, I just really want to go and I really want to become a runner. And yeah, that's the goal for this, uh, this winter. I want to, I want to go and I want to get, I almost want to get my butt kicked by, you know, these professional runners and, um, but I'm excited for that. You know, that's what keeps us coming back that those small improvements and those gains is what really excites me. And I think, yeah, being a professional athlete, you're always trying to find um, those areas where you can improve. I like that. It's, it's a mindset shift as much as it is the physical component. A quick mini break to remind you of the show's incredible partners. A quick reminder to do yourself a favor and sign up to Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens also makes a great gift for any family member or friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like pace, distance, stroke rate, and heart rate while you swim, you need the Form Smart Swim Goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off or you can use code GREG2021 at checkout. If you enjoy a beer but want to keep your clarity, stay on your game, then you have to try Athletic Brewing. I was just simply blown away by how good they taste. Just a true craft beer. Go check them out at athleticbrewing.com. That's athleticbrewing.com. And use code GREG20 at checkout and receive 20% off your first beer order. And I hate to bring it back to me, but I'm about to. Um, I remember <laughs> back, uh, must have been about 2000, 2001. Uh, and I was like, you know, I did the math. I started figuring out, well, what, how many of these races are really won with the run? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, Close to 90%, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. so I'm like, like you, I was like, I really, I mean, I've been running, I've been running hard, but it was a, it was a shift to go, no, I'm going to be a runner. Mm-hmm. And so I started entering all the, the big running races in America, the beta breakers, you know, um, um, what's the one out east, um, Falmouth and uh, the beach to beacon entering all these running races, mm-hmm. calling the race directors saying I'm a professional athlete. Can you help me out? Everything, yeah, you know, yeah. and they did, they, was, they were lovely. And I considered myself a professional triathlete, but also a professional runner, mm-hmm. right? And I'd run with the Kenyans and the Africans as long as I could, you know, no tactics other than sit and stay as long as I could yeah. and, then, and then make it home. And that was massive for me in my, just in my trajectory with my running. It mm-hmm. really did. It was like that mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I want to do. I want to surround myself in mm. with those, um, with, with those runners and yeah, get back to, cause I used to do quite a lot of running races, yeah. um, back growing up through high school and things. And I loved it. I loved yeah. running. Um, but yeah, I think this last year, especially I've kind of lost that, um, 
the run that I used to have and I really want to find that again. Yeah, well, you're still young enough. You're, you're what, 31? 31 yeah, now. Yeah, so. you're just coming into the golden years. You've heard me talk about it on the show, I'm sure. But <laughs> I think these are the years that things, magic can happen. So um, what about, um, let's have a look at the Collins Cup. So I thought you had an outstanding race there. Um, so basically for anybody who doesn't know, there's 18 men, 18 women uh, that are represented, had to qualify to get to Collins Cup. Uh, six of those men represented Europe, six uh, international and six uh, for the USA and uh, and same with the women. Um, so you came fifth out of the 18, but the way it went with the match draws, you were in match one uh, with – arguably one of the the goats that we've seen in our sport, Jan Fredino. And I spoke to Jan after the race. You guys firstly side by side the entire swim. <laughs> Didn't give an inch. Yeah, perhaps not uh, not the best tactic. No, made for good TV. <laughs> then uh, on the bike, this is when I spoke to Jan after the race, I said, so did Sam, what, what happened to Sam? You went, he's like, yeah, he was gone completely. And then the next minute I knew he was back behind me. He's like, what in the world? Where did he come from? So you had a crash, mm-hmm. right? Because I saw you head out on the run. Blood was everywhere. <laughs> People were like, oh, Sam's got a bleeding nose. I'm like, oh, it looks more than that. It was like everywhere. Tell me about that day. Yeah. So, I mean, the Collins Cup was super exciting and great to be a part of, I think, um, you know, the PTO are doing a great, a great thing for our sport and really elevating the professional athletes, which is really exciting. And I think when they first announced, um, you know, how the race was going to work, I was like, you know what, I reckon being put with yarn would be really, really good for me because I know that I can swim with yarn and I think that I can bike with him as well. Um, and I knew that the US team was going to give Sam Long against Jan because that had been the talk. Um, and I was like, you know, if I get put with Jan, it's going to be hard for Sam to come back. Um, so we were kind of allies almost. And um, yeah, I just think it really worked out to our favor. We were able to swim together, um, get a good gap on Sam. And then it was pouring with rain for us. And I just took a spill on one of the corners mm. um, early on in the bike. Probably. I don't think the camera's got it. No, I, they, I didn't. I didn't know about that one. So the camera was right next to me and then it went up to get Jan, who was, in, you know, 20, 30 metres in front. And as it was driving away from me, that next corner, I slid out and crashed. Oh. I was like, of course, it's missed me. <laughs> um, and so I got back up. I was fine. It was wet. I did one of those, you know, those slides along the along the pavement that doesn't really hurt you. Yeah. Um, it's always good to crash in the wet, yeah, everybody. Exactly. Well, better. <laughs> it's not good. It's sorry. Um, better. I was a little bit cut up, but nothing, yeah, yeah. you know, the adrenaline was pumping. I got straight back up, probably lost. My chain came off, so I probably lost 45, 50 seconds. And mentally I was like, oh, man, you know, what do I do now? Do I, am I going to ride by myself? Do I wait for Sam? Because I didn't know. How, how, how far in were you? Sorry. Probably about 5K. So oh, really early? Really early. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, should I wait for, not wait, but should I, yeah. I'll, I'll see where Long Sam coming, Long is yeah. and maybe then we can work together and catch back up to Jan. And we got to that first kind of U-turn. And I was like, oh man, Sam lost quite a bit of time in that swim. And Jan is probably a minute in front of me. But the nature of the course, it was this long, straight highway. And I could see this figure just in the distance on the horizon. And I was like, I think that's Jan. And then slowly, ever so slowly, it just, the figure got a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And I was like, I think I'm catching him. And that gave me that switch in my brain where I was, you know, really motivated. I was like, I can ride back up to Jan here. So I rode really quite hard for the next I think it took me 65 kilometers to catch him <laughs> and I caught back up Ouch. and um, 
<laughs> and then I was like, you know, I'm still feeling pretty good here. Should I go past and, uh, you know, take a bit of TV time yeah. and get transition? And yeah. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll refuel. I'll get a drink. I'll take on a gel. And I did. And I feel like then it hit me where I was like, man, I've just ridden 65 day. <laughs> Probably a little bit harder than I should have. Taking well, a minute out of, out yeah, of yarn. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, oh, I should probably just conserve and then see how the run goes. And then we got off and Yarn, obviously, you know, like you said, the greatest of all time, just showed his class on the run. But yeah, it was a race that I was really proud of. It to, been, yeah. to to come back from, you know, a crash and to ride back up and um yeah, it was just really exciting to be a part of it. And I knew that Jan would have a lot of media around his event. So I was kind of using that as well for a bit of a boost in my profile as well, course, which, um, you know, is, is part of the game now. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a great event and I was really happy to be a part of it and to put down a good performance. Yeah, well, I think I think you had an outstanding performance and I hadn't realised that you'd crashed until I think Jan told me at the finishing line. He said, oh, no, I, and it was he said it was so weird. He just suddenly was behind me on the bike. It's like... What he was so confused, almost like did did he cut the whole cause? Where where does this guy come from? So uh, you know he he was very impressed with your race, and and then you got to get one back at Sam Long because he'd beaten you just a couple of weeks before at the Ironman seventy point three in at, Boulder, right? At Boulder, yes, yes, yes. So Sam, um, yeah, Sam beat me there at Boulder, and then um, I kind of wanted a rematch, and <laughs> and we got that, and I was able to get one back on him. Um, but then obviously, you know, he's. He's then beat me yeah, again yeah. at seventy point three. He did world, very well so, there, uh, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely coming out in front this year. So we'll have to see about next year. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to race him again. Yeah, um, he he was unsure when I spoke to him yesterday. He's he's so fired up to get going again. You know, like dude, just enjoy your little yeah. break. And uh, I mean, he's got that young that young energy. Yeah, he does, yeah. and he does. He, well, I mean, he's not that much younger than was he five years younger than you? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, no, I think he's. I think he's fairly committed to twenty twenty two more than trying to find races at the end of the year. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Um, so you said you got LA Oceanside. Are you going to do Daytona? So I entered Daytona, um, but it's right around the time that I have to go back to Australia. Oh, of course, you and, mentioned that. Um, yeah, that's right. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think I might actually have to leave the US before that Daytona race. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and work it out and see if I can get an extension on my visa. And if I can, then I'll do Daytona. But if not, then unfortunately, because it looks like a great race. Yeah. I, would, I would love to be there. Oh, um, yeah. They do a great job. Mm-hmm. Cla- Clash Endurance, yep. it's called. Now, they're, they're doing they're with, with Bill Christie and uh, they've got a good team. They're yeah. doing some amazing work. Well, yeah, for- I did the uh, the PTO champs last year and it was just fantastic. Yeah. Just the, you know, the the nature of the course at that speedway um, is yeah. really quite incredible. You wouldn't think it would lend itself to be that good for triathlon, but yeah. it it really was. It was great, at, you know, great for crowds because they were seeing you lap after 20 lap. times yeah, on the yeah, bike yeah. and yeah. then four or five times on the run. You know, it's one of the best spectator courses out there and great for TV and media. Oh, the production and is like fantastic. That. They're yeah. using the full NASCAR team. Yep. Yep. You know, I was a part, fortunate to be a part of the Miami race and um, the production team they're using. I mean, they're yep. some of the best producers and people I've ever worked with. They're, yep. they're next level. So mm-hmm. it is exciting. And, and the, what they're doing well is, is it's not just the professionals. It's they have a great all different kinds of amateur events too, short, long mm-hmm. running races. They're doing the whole, you know, that whole thing. I mean, you know, the Noosa Triathlon yeah, in yeah. Australia. For everybody that doesn't know, you should 
if you ever want to do a, a trip, go to Noosa and do the, the Noosa um, multi-sport festival, they call it. And it's just it's just so many great events and there's a real atmosphere about it, isn't it? Yeah. The parties. And- yeah, it's great. And, you know, you get to watch other people race. They yeah. get to watch you race. Yeah. yeah, it has this really cool festival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's cool, mate. Well, let's do this. Let's time of the show we all want to rewind the clock i want to get to know you yeah. a bit, bit more and uh so you um you said you grew up in the western sydney in the mountains um loved being outside but when did this passion really start for endurance sports oh so i think i will as a kid i always gravitated towards endurance sports because i was a bit of a late developer i think i never had that explosive power so um, I grew up swimming, actually. My parents, I've got three brothers, and huh. so all four of us were, you know, tossed in the pool. Older we or younger? Where are you stand? I have my own little theories on all this. So I've got two older, one younger. Oh, is that right? You're yeah. in smack bang. Smack okay. Bang yeah, yeah, middle, yeah. So, um, yeah, and we were all thrown in the pool before we could walk, I think. Um, you know, growing up in Australia, it's just a very active um, country, I feel, yeah. and everyone grows up near the beach. So yeah. learning to swim is kind of like a, you know, if you, if you're a kid in Australia, you know how to swim. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I swam competitively kind of growing up and always did athletics and school cross country. And I played soccer for about six years as well growing up. My dad's British, so he's a big soccer, ah, a, a big soccer guy. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah. And then I think, I always gravitated towards the the longer distance events. Like I said, I wasn't I wasn't the strongest or fastest, and um, I think it was the influence of my swimming coach at the time. I think I was about thirteen. She was like, you know, why don't you try a triathlon? Because yeah. uh, she did triathlon, and I obviously was a competitive swimmer, and I did school cross country and soccer and things. Um, so yeah, I tried it. Tried out my first triathlon when I was about thirteen. I had, it was on a borrowed mountain bike, a Huffy mountain bike. And um, it was a 14. What year was that? Hang on, you were 13. So it would have been 2003. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was born in 90. Yeah. And um, it was a 14 kilometer ride and it was two laps. And I remember I finished the first lap and I was like, I cannot for the life of me do another lap. So I DNF'd my first ever triathlon oh, as a 13 year old. Wow, way to set um, the bar. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, like I was alluding to before, you know, I had that hunger and that drive, yeah, yeah. even as a 13 year old kid, I yeah. wanted to come back and I wanted to do better. And um, I think a month later, cause it was just the local um, Penrith Triathlon Club I oh, was yeah. a part yeah, of. Yeah, Panthers. Yep. And um, yeah, a month later I did the next one and I finished it. Um, and then from there, I think, you know, through high school, I got identified uh, through the national talent identification um, through Triathlon New South Wales, and then kind of followed that ITU pathway for a, for a few years after high school. Um, but to be honest, never I got a little bit burnt out with the whole ITU racing. I did it. Was it too formal? Was it too regimented? Or what, a little it? bit, yeah. I felt I just felt like I lost my love for the sport of triathlon after a couple of years, you know, it was very, there was a lot of politics involved. Um, I often felt like I wasn't necessarily racing for myself. I was racing to secure points for the country to secure funding and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I just got a little bit burnt out with it, to be honest. And uh, I actually walked away from the sport of triathlon. um, I think in about 2012, I took a year off and then yeah, just kind of got that itch again, I guess. Yeah, it all comes back to that that itch. And, it won't um, let you go, yeah. huh? Yeah. And then I just started doing some local stuff, um, some non-drafting, and then I entered my first 70.3, I think, in 2014. 
which was Cairns 70.3 and um, I raced Pete Jacobs. He won. I think I was fourth place. I think Luke McKenzie raced as well. So, yeah, um, big guys, you know, yeah. And then, yeah, I was fourth place and I kind of got hooked from there. I was like, yeah, you know, let's, uh, let's give it another shake. And I didn't really expect where it would lead me, but here I am now in uh, 2021 and 31 years old, so I've been doing triathlon longer than I haven't been doing triathlon. That's awesome. Guess, so. Well, big shout out to the Penrith Triathlon Club, the Panthers, yep. and, and you good friends, you, the Chapmans, yeah, Trent yeah. Chapman. Yeah, uh, yeah those, he was, those boys used to – The Chapos. The, yeah, yeah. They used to drag me out. Um, you know, they were pretty great athletes themselves, and, uh, you know, I used to do a bunch of training with those guys, and they used to smash me. Oh, yeah, their um, quality. Well, 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 Chapo, Trent Chapman was probably my number one training partner through – the late nineties mm-hmm. for yep. sure. We did a lot of fun, but they seem like they got, you got a really good culture out there for triathlon in, in that Penrith and the, the lower blue mountains area. It just seems like there's this great community. Is that what it's like? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, those guys and the whole of Panthers tri club is just, yeah, it's a great community. Everyone likes to train really hard, yeah. but they also don't take it too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Think, They're having is, fun. Yeah. Which yeah. is really important. Um, yeah, it's just a great group of guys, and I used to I used to love training with them, and um, yeah, I learned a lot, and they used to kick my butt for sure. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen them in a while because obviously I've been over here for so many years. Well, we'll have now. to make sure they listen to this episode. We're giving them a big shout out. But you know that part of the world, Nepean, um, Nepean Triathlon used to be in the river, Nepean mm-hmm. River up there. That was my first ever event in triathlon and i say event because i did in a, a relay and i went out there to do the run portion um which was a 14 kilometer run that was quite brutal it went across the bridge and up the yep. hill and um when we got there the guy that was going to do the swim for us had a bit of an asthma attack i think it was just nerves but whatever and they're <laughs> like oh greg well you know you surf a little bit you do this 800 meter swim now i wasn't a swimmer i was a 14 year old kid at this point and I, you know and uh managed to get out of the water second last i beat somebody <laughs> and uh, handed off to my mate who did the bike and then i i did the run and anyway i'm bringing that story back to me because that for me is where my whole career really probably started with yeah. that very first experience at the nepean triathlon yeah i mean there's a lot of history there i think mm. it's one of the oldest running events well in that was Australia. 86 i think yeah. the, uh, december 86 yeah. i did that or something yeah. i don't know this i think I think it's still going, the Nepean Triathlon. Yeah. It's now at, out at the Regatta Centre now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've raced that a number of times. It's it, a, yeah. great, a great event. Have you ever won it? I got second um, to Aaron Royal one time, and then I yeah. think I got – might have gotten second to Tim Reed one time. Oh, so. Tim Reed. We'll, get, we'll talk about him in a moment. He was sitting right where you are about four weeks ago. Yep. So, uh, actually, let's talk about him right now because it was funny. When I had him on the show and I, I brought up your results, which you can do head-to-head profile on the PTO website, mm-hmm. you guys have been racing each other non-stop for, it seems like a good part of a decade. It may be not that long. Maybe it's like you said, 2014 or whatever, but it, it was incredible to see just the back and forth of who's winning, who's getting second, third, or, like you're just, you guys are following each other and just, you've, like you said earlier, rising tide lifts all boats. It looks to me like you guys are really pushing each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think I did meet Tim in about 2014 or so. And um, yeah, we kind of gravitated towards each other pretty quickly. And then obviously, like Tim said in his episode, we formed that um, coach-athlete relationship. Did you listen to it, did you? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, But yeah, obviously, um, we parted ways because I started... (laughs) Yeah, you said it it was costing me more to have him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I started started picking his lunch. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we all always remained great friends. Yeah. He was actually um, the best man at 
my wedding in 2019. So, is that um, right? Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And, yeah, we've just remained the closest of friends, um, which is, you know, it's great. I love the sport of triathlon for the people that I've met and the friendships that I've made. It's, it's just amazing. It is amazing, isn't it? We're so blessed to have so many great people in the sport. Um, but look, look, looking at that, you know, when you, you'd had your year off and you came back in, uh, into the sport when, when was it was there any time in that where it was like oh, I should give this a good nudge I should I should actually go all in and give this a professional go or was that in the ITU days or did you always kind of feel that wasn't it I think um there was a race uh in 2015 in Geelong 70.3 it was the very beginning of 2015 before I came to Boulder um I went toe-to-toe with Craig Alexander um oh. you know he Crow was still racing pretty well at that time. Um, and, yeah, I think we, we swam and biked and we ran together for about uh, 20K and he dropped me right at the end. He ended up beating me. Oh, you let him get about you. About seven seconds. Oh. <laughs> um, and it was kind of one of the races that I've always looked back now and just thought, you know, that was – I think that was the catalyst for me having that that shift, that mental mm. change. Get rid of that imposter syndrome. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, I do I belong. So. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like – yeah, you know, maybe I can, you know, give this a good shake. And, um, yeah, ever since then I've I've kind of, you know, I've had that belief in myself and then obviously came to Boulder. I had a pretty successful year in 2015 and 16. And then, yeah, it's just kind of I think I can put it down to that race and that that shift in my, my mental capacity and the way I thought of myself as an athlete. Well, then you went on to win, was it six 70.3s in, was it 2015 you won six or was it 2016? Sorry. Uh, I think. Yeah, you went on a spell there. It seemed like for about two or three years. It was right when I was on my way out (laughs) and well and truly on my way out. Uh, I probably stayed in a year or two long. Uh, And you just were, every time I looked up, I was like, okay, Sam Appleton winning again. Yeah, I think, you know, it was funny after that race that Craig beat me and we raced again at Cairns 70.3 a couple of months later and I ended up turning the tables beating him then and then we did Vineman 70.3 that was my first ever US race um and I ended up winning that as well and that was kind of the first time where I was like you know I've just won a race on US soil and Vineman at that which is which for anybody doesn't know that is listening in amongst the professionals we we often call Vineman the world championships in June right or is it July June whatever it is the early season world Mm. championship and I'm only mentioning it because I did win it once too. <laughs> I'm <ain't> kidding. <laughs> well, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. when you look at the results history, it's you yeah. know, yourself, yeah. Devin Doherty, yeah. you know, some amazing athletes have won that race. Yeah. And for me to come over this kind of relatively unknown in on the international scene to yeah. come over, and that was kind of another step in the right direction. And then I think from there it's kind of, yeah, it's just taken off from there. So I think 2015, that race with Craig was that, like yeah, like I said, the catalyst for – for where I am now in my career. Yeah, so you would have been 25, 26 at that time, I guess, when when you go to... Now, you you mentioned you had that year off in 2012. Uh, Have you had any sort of other moments where you felt like giving this all away, quitting? Has it been some tough times? I wouldn't say giving it up or anything, but there's definitely times where you need to take a step back. Um, And, you know, usually that comes at an end of season or something when you're mentally a little bit depleted Mm. or, um, you know, because for me it's always... Physically, I'm okay, but it's my kind of mental capacity that goes before my physical. So, um, you know, when I'm not motivated and when I'm um, not hungry to train, that's when I kind of know I need to maybe take a step back uh, for a couple of weeks and, 
yeah, that's usually at the end of a season. So you can enjoy, you know, some time off, um, but not in terms of ever leaving the sport or quitting. No, I, I love what I do. It's, it's amazing. It's not always sunshine and roses like you obviously will know it's uh, it's not you know. it's i thought it was all instagram <laughs> yeah. i thought it was all happy positive yeah that's <laughs> no, it. it's I brutal mean, isn't it at times yeah. yeah and i think you know there has been a shift especially through instagram where people are now you know talking about their you know trials and tribulations mm. not just i think covid's brought a bit of that out yeah, where people are starting so. to show perspective and, yep. and share what they've gone through and, and yeah. everything else. Yeah. And I think people really relate to that, you know, yeah. because it's, you know, it's easy to get trapped in that social media where everyone's only putting up, you know, the great things they're doing. They're not mm. posting about the, uh, you know, the failed bike session that yeah. they did this morning. Yeah. Or and, you, and you get like so that. pissed at yourself and yeah, you're, yeah, yeah exactly. I know. And you got to manage those emotions and yeah. all that little niggle that suddenly creeps up just as you got a race two weeks around the corner and you know, your sponsorships are on yeah. edge and you're like, ah, yep, no, absolutely. not now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, here we are talking about all the negatives, but honestly it's, it's, it is a, you know, to be able to be a professional athlete in the sport that you love, um, you also have tremendous gratitude, right? I mean, it's, it, oh, yeah, it's for sure. pretty fortunate. And I think, yeah, it's really important to stay grounded and I think yeah. and recognise how lucky we are to, you know, exercise for a living pretty much. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. You know, do what we love and, um, yeah, and enjoy what we do. Yeah, and try have something to strive for. I think you're having purpose, you know, I think being a professional athlete, you really have this purpose. Like your purpose right now is to get ready for 2022. You'll finish a couple of races here to become the best in the world at something. Yeah, yeah. And, and that for me was always, it always gave life such strong meaning to have such purpose, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. So I, that was the one that when I retired, people say, oh, Greg, do you miss it? And I said, I don't miss the doing the little things, you know, the rollers and mm -hmm. I don't mind the hard training. I kind of enjoyed the, I don't know, there's something sadistic about that, but I do miss that. But the one thing I truly missed was that absolute mm -hmm. Yeah. sense of purpose to try and be the greatest yeah you know? exactly you wake up with you know a direction you're like mm -hmm. this is what i'm doing today i'm yeah. doing a ride this morning coming back having lunch going to the pool doing this um yeah it it is and i think back to that purpose you know earlier this year i had you know a bit of struggles with some mental health um issues that almost took me out of the sport i had to take you know probably a month or six weeks where i didn't really train that much and that was really difficult because it took away that purpose. Um, mm. You know, I was waking up, I wasn't motivated to train, I wasn't training very well and it, you know, you kind of just wander around aimlessly and I think to get back on track I had to find that purpose again. And How did you do that? Because that's not easy, coming out of that kind of funk, if you want to call it. Yeah, um, I mean, it was difficult at times um, but I think just kind of getting back to basics and, you know, perhaps not even setting yourself athletic goals but, you know, waking up and like, all right, today I'm going to call my mum or I'm going to create a routine yeah, of something. Exactly. Yeah. A basic and, um, routine. Yeah. Have these small achievable goals yeah. for yourself that just give you that little bit of drive. You know, I'm going to walk my dog this 30 minute walk loop. Yeah. Um, you know, just things like that. It's, it's that old adage that mood follows action, which I really love. Yeah. And you keep the expectations lower yep. so you can step over them and achieve throughout yeah. the day. And that builds that self-esteem yeah. and that self-belief. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was able to get back into good training. I was able to string together some consistent training, um, which is really important. And yeah, like you said, having that sense of direction and that purpose is really important.
No, well, thanks for sharing that with us because I think a lot of us go through all of that. We don't talk about it enough that we all go in these, you know, these times. And uh, I think it's important we do talk about because, and I think it's really important to talk about how we can get ourselves out of these areas, yeah, you know, and, uh, and having those little goals and little things I think is, is fantastic. What I want to do now is I'm going to do these 15 fun rapid fire questions. Are you up for all it? Right. Yeah, let's Just go. so we can get to know you a little bit more. Sure. All right. Simple one. What is your favorite family vacation? Favorite family vacation? Uh, probably Kauai in on uh, the, the island in Hawaii. My wife is from Kauai. She grew up there and oh. we went there. We've been there a couple of times uh, for a holiday. It's just a beautiful, beautiful spot. Yeah, everybody raves about it. I've never been there. It's meant to be the most beautiful island of the Hawaii Islands, is, would you yeah, say? I mean, I've been to Oahu, uh, Kona and Kauai, and I think it's my favorite yeah. out of the three that I've been to. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, you're a lucky man. That's awesome. Okay, what are you currently watching on Netflix or whatever streamer you're using. Um, on Netflix, I'm currently watching a show called Midnight Mass. Um, it's kind of, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, it's by, it's kind of like a horror mystery thriller uh, series um, by the guy that did um, Haunting of Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House as well. Um, I'm actually, you know, now you bring it up, I'm actually a bit of a TV and movie geek. Are uh, you really? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love going to the movies and things like that. I, I go all the time, often by myself, which Is some people right? yeah. find a little weird. But yeah, I love it. Just kind of, you know, having that 90 minutes to two hours to go away, turn everything off and have yeah. one sole focus of the of the cinema. It's yeah, it's kind of liberating almost. That's fantastic. I love that. All right. So we'll have to look out for that show. I haven't watched anything since we've had kids, so I'm always interested yeah. to see what people are listening. Okay, first car you owned. Uh, it was a Subaru, um, Subaru WRX, you know, I'm a kid from Western Sydney. I had to have a, uh, I had to have a car that, uh, was loud and obnoxious that had a big, uh, you know, one of those big mufflers on the back. That's way too noisy. <laughs> Did you really, was it blue? They were all blue. No, they? mine was silver. Oh, was it really? Um, but I look back on it now. I'm like, what was I thinking? Um, but at the time I was, you know, I thought I was the coolest kid on the block. You know, I saved up my money. Bought the car and, yeah, I thought I was cool. <laughs> it was a cool car. It wasn't the insurance for them really high because they were yeah. the most stolen car or something? Or- yeah, and I think because because it's a turbocharged car and <laughs> it's all, you know, all the young kids like to have them. I think the uh, the insurance is high because they always crash them and things like did that. Did you take so- it out drifting? Were you drifting on that? No, thing? I never did drifting, but, you know, I had my moments uh, for sure and, yeah, probably a little bit irresponsible in my early 20s. But, no, uh, but I'd think of, you know what, when I think, because I'm a bit of a North Shore snob, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of Western Sydney, I expect you guys to have a WRX Subaru and be <laughs> drifting and doing handbrake turns around the roundabout. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. It. All right. Uh, how many episodes of the Greg Bennett show have you listened to? Ooh, quite a few, actually. I would say probably 50% of them. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, well, thank you. I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I thought we'd have a bit of a laugh about how few you'd listen to. Well, so. I always, um, cause I do a lot of training by myself. I love listening to podcasts. I love going out for a long ride, just mm. kind of by myself with some podcasts. Who else do you, what else do you like to listen to? Um, so a lot of sports podcasts, um, and then back to the kind of film and TV Mm. kind of nerd culture uh, podcasts as well. Um, yeah. And then I actually listen to audio books as well sometimes when I'm writing. Um, yeah. Good man. I like that. All right. Thank you. All right. Two most used apps on your iPhone or your whatever phone you're using. Mm. Probably, uh, Instagram and Twitter, which is, you know, says a lot. Um, yeah, just that always connected world, I think. Yeah. The Instagram has really taken off, hasn't it? All right. Out of 10, how cool would you say you are? 
Ooh. Probably only a four. I'll give it a break. You drove a WRX when you were 20. Yeah, when I was 20, but now I'm 31 and I'm, you know, I'm not as cool as I and was And you married then. a woman from Kauai. <laughs> yeah. You're living in Boulder. Come yeah. On. What car are you driving now? I um, I have a Volkswagen Alltrack. It's like a wagon. Um, yeah, I bought it earlier this year. Is it uh, souped up or is it just a, I mean, it, what, what color, ter- are we, what color are we talking about? It's just white. It's pretty stock standard, but you know, it's, it, it's got some go. It's got a little turbo in it. And I like to, uh, you know, oh, I still got to satiate okay, that okay. kid from Western Well, I'm going to, I'm going to shift you up at least to an eight. I think a four was very unreasonable and I think you could go higher than that. But anyway. All right. Thanks Greg. All right. Um, if you could swap jobs with anyone else, what would it be? Ooh, swap forever or. Oh. <sighs> Just for a day or a week or? Jeez, I should have thought more about that. I thought that was a really good question. I well, didn't realise I was going to get questions back on that one. Because I think. Um, no, it has to be forever. Let's ooh, do it. Okay. Let's do a big one. I was going to say it like a DJ or something, but I don't think that lifestyle would it's be. It's not sustainable, is it? It's sustainable. But, but for a week, I think you could tour around, you, okay. know, like, you know, the Greek islands for a week. And I think that would be really fun. But What about a get- movie director or producer? Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. But I think, I think it's quite a stressful <laughs> stressful job <laughs> i get it i you get know, it maybe uh you know I but you're really know. you're going to be the best in the world at that as well so whatever you're doing you're also going to be the best in the world at it yeah so. okay yeah maybe a movie director you yeah. know making those cool uh movies that everyone looks forward yeah. to every once every five years or something yeah. you know and then if you're the best in the world you can kind of make your own sam spielberg yeah yeah, yeah it's got a good ring to it <laughs> <laughs> all right uh where are we up to uh a chore one which would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? I think mowing the lawn. Yeah. Um, or vacuum. I like jobs. You know, mowing the lawn is quite satisfying because you can actually see the progress. You know, <laughs> you start it up and you're like, oh, you know, this is looking pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, Ben Canute said mow the lawn, and I said, oh, that's interesting. He said, yeah, I've got the the fake grass, so I could just go sit outside. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. I'm like, all right, buddy. Yeah, so he's, he's getting out of it, sure. Uh, anyway, where are we up to? Um, first job. First job. I was a paper boy. I used to um, fold the papers, the Blue Mountains Gazette, and uh, I used to have a run of 350 papers I used to fold, and then my dad would drive us around and we'd toss them out the window to all of uh, Lapston, which is a suburb in, uh, in the Blue Mountains. So. Yeah, I was responsible for everyone getting their newspaper every Wednesday. That's awesome. Obviously before internet. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> All right, who would you want to play you in a movie of your life? Oof. Wouldn't be a very good movie, I don't think. It'd be a bit boring. I'll but. give it a breath. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe oof. Maybe Jack, Jake Gyllenhaal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, he's not quite as good looking as me. No, but, no, yeah. he's. I mean, you could. Have, he's a bit rough around the edges, isn't he? He's, he's done very well for himself, though, yeah. old Jake. All right. Um, what dinner could you prepare? Like, what special kind of dinner would you prepare? Um, I like making a good piece of salmon with some, you know, roast veggies. Um. You know, nothing too exotic, just simple, yeah. but it tastes really good and it's usually on the menu once or twice a week. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. So, okay, on that, outside of family, if you could have three guests come and join you for that dinner, have Ooh. you got three people on mind that you'd love to invite? Anyone in the world, you've made this beautiful salmon and veggies, who are you going to invite to sit with you? Ooh, can I swap um, my 
chef out for uh, like Gordon Ramsay or something. <laughs> bring, Gordon Ramsay into bring him over, yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Um, he's going to cook the meal and he's going to be one of your guests. Okay, go on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, who else? Maybe uh, The Rock. Yeah, Dwayne Love the Rock the Johnson. Rock. Love I just The think, Rock. You know, he's, he's he's one of the few celebrities I follow on you know, the social media. Yeah, and I just and feel I actually, like he's really grounded and got good perspective and – certainly know. comes across that way. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to fault him. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, maybe Michael Phelps. I just think he's probably arguably the greatest sportsman, definitely the greatest Olympian of all time. So mm. maybe some of that excellence can rub off on me. And- Gee, you've done well there. I like that three. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll come over and be a waiter. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just yeah. serve you guys just an, an eavesdropper yeah. with the conversation. I like that one. Yeah, you can be the barman <laughs> the uh, athletic room. <laughs> I thought you were going to say maybe you could just pull up a chair, but no, you've given me another job. All right. Which decade of music is the best? Now, this is important because this affects your coolness rating in my mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, ben Canute had to lose points last oof. week. Oh, tough crowd. Um, <laughs> probably the 90s, I think. Uh, i got two older brothers, so, you know, I kind of absorbed their music interests. Mm. Um, I just think the 90s were really good. You know, you had Red Hot Chili Peppers, you had um, Smashing Pumpkins. Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. And then because yeah. my dad, mum and dad are British as well, um, you know, all that Brit rock and Brit, yeah. Brit pop and, you know, Oasis and Pulp and what all about that. about the Australians? We had Powderfinger there, kind of a 90s one. Yeah, Powderfinger, uh, Silverchair. Silverchair. Silver early 2000s, I think, maybe. Were they still? No, 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 they were 90s. Late um, 90s. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the 90s has got to, you know. That's not bad. Not, not bad. It's not a bad answer. Yeah. Maybe I bumped myself up to a five. No, no, you're already at an eight. You're now a nine. That's not <laughs> Can bad. We you get to ten. The only one, the one that hurt me the other day, again, going back to Ben, was he said early 2000s and he named off all these rappers. And uh, uh, look, I, there's a place for some of that music. Mm-hmm. I haven't, but saying it's the greatest music of all, I was very, I said, I had to take some points off him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too right as well. Yeah. All right. Um, should pineapple be, be allowed on pizza? I'm going to say yes. I like a Hawaiian. Pizza, you know, mm. I think it, it's very Australian. Yeah, and it just, you know, when you take a bite and you get that juicy pineapple sweetness mixed in with the the ham and the know. saltiness of whatever, yeah. you know, how salty pizzas yeah. are. Every time we have pizza, I can't sleep at night because my mouth is just so, <laughs> so I'm, especially in Boulder here, where it's already dry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> can't breathe. Um, where is somewhere you haven't been you'd like to go? I really want to go uh, to Egypt. Actually, I'm a big. Uh, I love ancient history. And, uh, you know, all the ancient civilizations is so fascinating to me. I'd love to visit the tombs and all that kind of stuff, the pyramids. I just, uh, yeah, I love it. Ancient history was my my best um, subject in school through my HSC. We did the high school certificate and ancient history was what I scored the most on. Uh, you and I both, I'm coming on that trip. Yeah, but I'd yeah. like to go. I'd like to go to Rome and, and stuff with you too. I'm a well, bit yeah. more of the, yeah. the any, Roman history. Any ancient civilization yeah. is just fascinating to me. Yeah, I've got a great DVD series on. It's called um, Engineering an Empire, okay. and so you know, box set before yeah. on Netflix and everything happened. But it's it, Engineering an Empire, and they go through every civilization and what they brought to you know the engineering masterminds mm-hmm. that, that they came that came out of each period. Yeah. It's a really good yeah, series. So. If I can find it, because we're packing up the house now, if I find it, I'll let you know you can watch it. All right. Um, final one. Greatest movie of all time. Ooh, greatest movie. That's a tough – there's so many good ones. I uh, 
Some of my more recent favorites, I think um, maybe Inception by Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. Um, He's one of my favorite directors. Um, Prisoners is a really good movie um, with Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Another Aussie. Um, oh, you've really put me on the spot and I'm going to forget something that I'm going to, I wish I, I wish I said. Well, if we can come back to it. We yeah. Can back to it yeah. in a little Maybe bit. Maybe I'll think about yeah, some, some others. When I ask you about your training and things, you'll be like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about that. I want to go back to movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's do that. Let, let's actually move on. And, and um, first off, take us through a typical kind of training week uh, or, or training day. What does that look like for you? So I think I'm probably what you would call um, someone on the kind of lower volume spectrum of the uh, triathlon. You know, you've got those guys that do the 40 hour weeks and then, yeah, I'm kind of on that uh, low twenties, I would say. Um, And I just think for me, it's just what works. I don't, I don't train well. I don't race well if I'm tired all the time. So it does definitely work for some people. Um, But yeah, not for me, but I think, you know, it's so hard because to outline a training week because yeah, it, it, it varies so much. You know, yeah. one day I might do a 3K swim and that's it. And another day I'm doing a four-hour ride and a 45-minute runoff and a 5K swim in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think um, I usually swim. I try and swim about 20 kilometers plus a week. Um, and I like to do that through a lot of sessions. I don't like to go to the pool three times a week and do 6K. Um, I think for me, maintaining the feel of the water is a lot more important. And I know it's a luxury to be able to go to the pool every day. Mm. Um, not everyone has that, um, has that in their schedule and their lifestyle allows that. But as a professional athlete, I much prefer to swim six times a week and do three to 4K because- Oh, it's the same. Oh, it's the same. And you, you, you can also vary, you can have so many different sessions through the week. You know, you can- if you're only going to the pool three times a week, there's only three sessions, you know, one of them's got to be hard, you know, mm. whereas if you're going regularly, I think, yeah, you can have a lot more variation. You can do speed, you can do endurance, strength, eat, uh, recovery, all that kind of stuff. So. And it, well, it doesn't seem to, I mean, you're watching you swim is just magnificent. I, I, I always hated swimming next to you in Scott Carpenter pool. <laughs> you're just breezing up and down. Your, your stroke just looks immaculate. You're grabbing the water so well. I mean, for you, that doing that kind of swimming, because you're so efficient, you're a bit like my wife, Laura, she was just so efficient in the water that it doesn't take as much out of you either. You can go do those workouts and probably recover better than other people that are flandering through the water like I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you say that because I was actually chatting to Tim Reed the other day and I was saying to him, I don't mind swapping my swim sessions around in a week if I've got a hard swim say one afternoon, but I'm not feeling very good and I've got an easy day the next day, I don't mind doing my hard swim on an easy day because it physically doesn't take too much out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides in that hour or so that I'm swimming, you know, I'm fine for the rest of the day. Whereas Tim was disagreeing with me vehemently (laughs) saying, you know, his easy day needs to be easy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that just comes back to growing up swimming and having that, you know, swimming such a technique-based sport. You can't... Um, you know, you can get fitter in swimming to a point. You can muscle it and get fitter to some degree, but exactly. honestly. Yeah, I think the big gains are in technique and form and things like that. And, and just having the flexibility, this is where people get stuck. If you want to improve your swim, it, it, it can be quite difficult to find that efficiency if you don't have the flexibility to start with. Yep, yep, you know, absolutely. Laura always, oh, great, get your elbow up. I'm like, 
I physically can't put my elbow where you want me to put it. <laughs> yeah. my, my shoulder doesn't go that way or yeah. my, my, my back, my scapula or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so it was always a work in progress. And I, I used to just get, get to the point, just let me just go up and down and develop my heart and lungs. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I mean, that works um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a point. <laughs> to a point. I probably harm myself, harm myself a little bit. But do you have any kind of uh, specific swim, bike or run workouts that you love? to do are there, are there certain workouts or even during your you know your build phase or in your specific or even in your taper phases any kind of workouts that are you stick with you yeah there's definitely some staples that i have um a sw- like a staple swim session you know preparing for something like 70.3 worlds i really want to work on that um kind of threshold and being being able to swim comfortably at threshold so what is that how fast let's talk long course meters what kind of times can you make it tell me don't hold back don't be humble okay. tell me something that you've you've done and you're proud of in a pool and a workout um something that i'm proud of i mean i would regularly go to the pool and do um say this hard session i'd do like 350s kind of not max but you know at the simulating the start of a of a race mm-hmm. and I'd be doing those coming in under 30. So, you know, 28, 29, oh, leaving on 45, I do three of those. And then I'd go into like something like three, two hundreds at what's called a settled race pace. Mm-hmm. And I would try and turn those over in one Oh sevens, one Oh eights. Long course meters. Yeah. 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 And then that's supposed to be, it's almost teaching your body to recover from, you know, you've built up that lactic acid in those fifties and then you've got to go swim transition still reasonably mm. hard, but you've got to clear that lactic acid while still swimming quite fast. Um, so that's quite a tough session. And I would repeat that, you know, two to three rounds of something like that. Um, I like that as a workout. That's very specific. I yeah. like that. And, and that, that shifting from anaerobic to aerobic. Yeah. Like and that's that. a theme that kind of runs through all my training, actually. Um, similar in running, you know, I might do a run session where I do six times one minute at, you know, 250 kilometer pace. And then I'd settle into, you know, six or eight minutes at goal 70.3 pace. So you've built up that lactic acid again, and then you need to try and recover while running 325 pace, which, you know, it just teaches the body to, to be, you know, comfortable in that, that race effort. Mm, I like that. I, I, again, I'm sorry to bring it back to me. One of my favorite run workouts was always to do something like three by one minutes all out mm-hmm. with one minute recovery, one to one recovery, and then go into a three minute at ideal race pace. Yeah. So I was doing short course. So ideal race pace was usually just under three minute K yeah. pace or whatever. And, or oh, what's that? Four, about 440 mile pace mm-hmm. for, for the, for the longer one. Yeah. But then go back to it and do yeah. and repeat that. And, you know, each set is six minutes and, and I'd usually do sort of 30 minutes of that. So yeah. five times through or whatever. Yeah. So oh, it's a very similar like, concept. And it feels so good yeah. when you've done that all out one minute is how good does it feel to go, oh, well, I'm not allowed to go that fast now. Yeah, I have to, I have to exactly. dial it back and you just feel so rhythmic. And that's yeah. the goal of the session, mm. um, you know, to feel good yeah. while still actually going quite yeah, fast. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it took me forever to get back to that, but those kind of workouts were fun, you yeah. know, to do that. But what about on the bike? Do you have any, anything, did you Zwift? Are you a Zwifter or I are you do. outside? Yeah, or? I Zwift quite a lot, actually. Uh, definitely through the winter here in Boulder. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I've got my eyes on trying to get to level 50 this winter. Oh, I'm level 46 at the moment, which sounds a lot closer than it is. Cause it takes about two months to go up a level. 
What, what is um, these levels? Okay, so I've joined Zwift the last few months and, and I'm now up to level 13. I'm quite yeah. proud of myself yeah. with my little half hour ride. Yeah. But I was riding with Jan yesterday actually and we text each other while we were yeah. – I mean, why Zwift don't have an audio thing yet? I have no idea. Yeah, I keep yeah. riding with my mates and I hear my texting him and I'm out of breath trying to keep up with him. And I asked him what level – is he on? And he didn't reply because he must. That must be. Like I think a, he's level fifty. I think he's. Is the, that the highest the you cap. can go? Yep. That's oh, that's the, the cap. Yep. Oh. So you can't go above level fifty. Um, Why did they do that? I don't know. Actually, Swift. If you're listening, we want more levels. Yeah. Well, you don't because you're only level thirty. Well, you've got you guys <laughs> for Sam and Yarn and all these other guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it used to be the level cap was twenty five. Oh, okay. So they ago, are and they raised it, it to fifty, um, and you can unlock new. Bikes and kits and things like that. But um, what bike are you riding on Zwift? Do you ride? I just same? I ride the Giant. Um, giant just put on their uh, their new TCR. Ah, and, do you get uh, as a sponsored athlete from Giant? Do you get to then they just hook it up straight for you on Zwift, or how does that work? Yeah, pretty much. But anyone like if you've ridden enough, you earn that currency, the drops. Yeah, and you yeah. can just go into the drop shop and purchase it, not with real money. It's that. No, that, I get it. No, I, no, I, I up, upgraded my um bike to a. I think it's called a Bridgestone or something. Oh, that was cool. it. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm allowed to go and you know, I think I've got access to something more yeah. now. So that'll make me faster because I keep getting beaten in these 20-minute sprint races, these well, crit races that I like to do. Yeah, they do uh, They do have, you know, certain setups are actually faster than others. Um, I don't really pay too much attention to it. Oh, I do. I don't really... <laughs> I don't really race that often. I just use it as a training tool. And usually it's – I have Zwift on kind of in the background and I'm watching Netflix or something. Is that right? Um, yeah. Oh, no, I'm on there. My, I'm trying to get green jerseys, polka dot jerseys. Well, I mean, that's that's great though. That's the way it should yeah, be. Like you're, it's fun. You're, you're chasing the fun, but I've got a session you've actually from got a, You've actually I'm, got to prepare for something. Exactly, yeah. I've got a session from Matt Dixon. I can't get caught up in those uh, those games. Well, it's funny. I have often 30 to 40 minutes before the kids wake up, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'll go, quickly go down and – if there's a quick race, I'll jump into it. Yeah. Five minute warm up, start sprinting for twenty minutes, and yeah. then get off. And and um, or I just jump on and go. Okay, what courses are going to give me? Oh, there's a green sprint line. So I, so the other day I was actually riding with Jan. Was it yesterday morning? It was yesterday. And so I I won the green jersey. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I said I didn't know if other people could see the green jersey on my because jer- I can see it. Yeah. 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 And then can. I had to embarrassingly ask Jan, Hey, can you see the green jersey on my jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Greg. Good on yep. you, mate. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you got it. I actually felt pretty good about it, Jan. It's the small victories, yeah, now, mate. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, that that Zwift is fun. So did we talk about? Sorry, I interrupted you. Did no, we talk no, about your favorite fine. bike workout? No, a favorite bike workout, um, and it's a staple as well that um, is often in my program. It's kind of a feel good bike workout. It's something like maybe three or four times fifteen minutes. Mm. And you build each five within the 15 minutes. So you might start off maybe just below 70.3 power and then the middle five at 70.3 and then the last five above 70.3. That's what Tim Reed said. Yeah. That's the I same workout I think he said. It's, it's just a really <laughs> yeah. good workout because it gives you a chance to feel good. You know, you've yeah. got that first five minutes where you're just finding your legs yeah, yeah. and you build into it and – um, you know, I usually give myself a bit of a window, you know, I, I don't often give myself like a target power. And if I'm five Watts below the sessions ruined, I'm kind of one of those guys that's, it, this is the, you know, plus or minus 10 Watts on this. And, um, yeah, I just kind of go from there. If I'm feeling good, I'll build up to, you know, 340 Watts or something. I don't really like to talk my numbers too much because they're well, not, they're, not they're, quite as big as some, uh, some well, of the other people. you're also a smaller guy. I mean, well, it's yeah. more like, I mean, to the, to the it's aerodynamics is most important, right? Mm. And so the more aero you are, 
the better. That means you can actually push less watts. And guess what? You're not using as much energy, so you have more energy for the run. So the whole idea of pushing more watts. Yeah, is actually, it's kind of, yeah, it's not the best uh, measure, I don't think. No. Like saying you pushed this amount of watts when somebody else pushed 30 watts lower is actually, yeah. you know, you should Actually you says should, you're, a, you're a sail in the wind and yeah. perhaps you should work on your aerodynamics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But, um, you know, arguably there's guys that are pushing big numbers because, you know, I'm only 145 pounds, so I'm quite small compared to, you know, take Sam Long, Is that for all example. you are? You're tiny. Yeah. 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 I'm only five foot nine, so. Is that right? You, yeah. You, you came in feeling maybe you had really big shoes on. I thought you would have <laughs> been closer to my height, but whatever, you're a midget. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, you're the perfect height for a triathlete, I think. Uh, then again, there's no such thing as no, perfect. When no. you look at Sam Long and Yana, six foot four, Matt exactly. Reed was six foot five. Yeah. Then we had guys. Remember Chris Hill? Yeah, he won the yeah. World Series in two thousand and one. Yeah. He was he was tiny. Well, she was. Well, she was small. Yeah, yeah. So it's all over the place. There is no right size to be a great athlete. No, it's, it's all over not. the place. Um, you, you mentioned earlier about your your team. You've spoken about Matt Dixon, who's been coaching mm-hmm. you for a while. Sarah, you, yep. your beautiful wife. Have you got a good? You know, that's your team. Who else is a part of your team? Because it's so important for success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you said, Matt, uh, I've been with him since 2015, so coming up, ending a sixth year now. Wow. And then, yeah, Sarah's obviously super supportive. Um, and then I've got Chris Lee, not the Australian Chris Lee. That's another Chris Lee in Boulder. He's he's my strength What, coach. the Chris Lee in Boulder? There's two Chris Lees in Australia. There's the good one and the bad one. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we used to call <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my strength and conditioning coach is something that I've kind of – been doing a little more diligently this year. I Good. think now as I'm getting into my 30s, you know, while, while still young, um, I know people joke, but, you know, you got to stay on top of that. And I definitely think in your 30s, you are starting to perhaps be not quite as supple. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's becoming really important. Um, I work with a physio here in Boulder as well, Aaron, um, who I see once a week. Um, and then, yeah, just my team of sponsors as well that you know giant bikes have been with me for since 2014 Um, is that giant bikes australia or is that international yeah so my main um dealings are with giant australia but i also you know i liaise with the guys here in the u.s as well and global um yeah so they've been with me for uh, a number of years now and i've i've loved that's having great. their support and then, uh, yeah, my whole other team um, of sponsors as well. It's just, uh, you know, it does take a village. It's an individual sport, but there's so many, so much that goes on behind the scenes. That's Did they all stay with you during COVID? That was a tough year for many of them. Yeah, they did. Yep. Yeah. All my, um, Good on them. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a credit to the brands that I work with yeah, as well. With and Roka? With, yep. I'm yeah, with Roka, yeah. uh, Precision Hydration, yes, yes. Uh, Wadi Inc. Yeah, Wadi um, Yep. And then Kadex, which is kind of a subsidiary of giant yeah, um, yeah. it's their kind of performance line of wheels and um and accessories and things like that but uh yeah through the pandemic um yeah everyone stuck with me well, and I good think, on him i love to hear that yeah because it yeah. was definitely a hard time for everyone oh, of you course. know businesses as well except and, for bike manufacturers yeah, <laughs> they well, seem to do pretty well yeah I, the bikes are still sold yeah, out yeah. worldwide yeah. you can't get anything yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Well, it sounds like you've got a really good team. So in terms of body work, people, you see a physio once a week, are you getting much ma- massage or anything like that? Yeah, or? so my physio does a lot of manual work. Um, I actually respond really well to trigger point needling. Um, yeah, which it's the best, isn't it? Yeah. I actually prefer that to massage. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a spot that needs clearing out, it's the trigger point needling. And that's the, you know, for people listening, 
it's quite painful. It's the one where they repetitively take it out and keep hitting hitting that trigger point, um, hence the name trigger point needling. It's not that one where they stick it in and leave it for 10 minutes, no, which no. is quite relaxing. This one is, you know, I'm wriggling all over the table. and Laura and leaving. I couldn't agree. Yep. We, we use Christine Bell right across oh, yeah, the lake yeah, over yeah, here, absolutely. another Aussie who's yep. here and uh, she's in Boulder. And, and honestly, the dry needling, yep. oh, the best. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the worst when you're doing it, yep. <laughs> but the best for just getting rid of those niggles. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm usually leaving in quite a sweaty mess. Up <laughs> Same, I know. I'm, I'm quite embarrassed actually <laughs> yeah, when, so I, I. when I am lying on the table and the table's soaked with sweat. I got better at it. Are you getting better at yeah, it though? You can I get am. in there and just, yep. okay. Yeah. And I'm, I, so I've been doing it a couple of years now. And when yeah. I first was doing the trigger point needling, it would take me, you know, I'd be sore for two to three days after. Oh, wow. But now, you know, I can have a session and I can, I can go and do a hard run an hour later and yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. I couldn't do that. I can't walk after it. But an hour later, I'm like, the next morning when I wake up, that's why I always book it at like four or five yeah. o'clock because I'm useless, yep. absolutely useless after it. But the next morning I get up and I'm like, oh, feeling boom. great. Yeah. My calf's fine or my hip's fine or yep. whatever's gone on me. Um, no, that's awesome. Are you are you somebody that um, preparing for events and things? Are you someone who naturally sort of visualizes events and prepares yourself in your mind that way? Uh, do, do you plan it out, I guess, or do you work on that side of things? Yeah, absolutely. Usually, you know, you look at a race and all the possibilities of how it's going to play out and yeah. what's in the best interest for me as an athlete. Um, in Yeah, so I think visual, visualization is very important, um, you know, running through it in your head. And um, I think I use it also as a tool to calm my nerves and anxiety as well. Mm. Um, it can be quite easy to get overwhelmed um, with all the little things that you have to take care of in a triathlon because there's quite a lot of, yeah. you know, things, nutrition and all that kind of stuff. And I think, yeah, breaking it down in your head, having that vis visualization is really important. I like that you, you know, you touch on because I think professional athletes to some degree are fairly anxious people, anxiety. I said this to my younger brother the other day. I said, yeah, you know, I, I struggle with a bit of anxiety, not struggle, but I have anxiety. Yeah. He said, you have anxiety? I was like, well, yeah. But I've had to learn how to manage and use it as a fuel. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a necessary to get me out of bed and do the work I need to get done. Absolutely. And I explained to him the fact that I see anxiety as a, there's a problem and it needs to be solved, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where you're talking about the visualizing. There's a problem in the sense that if it feels like a mess, you yeah. know, there's so many things I've got to take care of. And if you can visualize it, it helps you just put everything in its, in its right place. Yeah. And I think, Touching on that anxiety, there is definitely an optimum arousal for oh, yes. racing yes, things. Yes. You know, it can go overboard and it can you can freeze up and it can become very overwhelming. But I think having anxiety, like you said, it is a fuel and it is necessary mm. and it's what makes us successful because yes. if you weren't anxious or nervous, you wouldn't care about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I know, but it's, it is one of the – Laura was always very good for me at managing all of that because I tended to be a bit more the – I wouldn't say emotional. That seems a bit wrong, but you know, I definitely was the one that would get very anxious mm -hmm. and, uh, and she used things like, and I've said it on this show, so you probably heard it before, but basically I, you know, I'd say, are you nervous? And she said, no, I'm excited. And just that word alone mm -hmm. shifts it from that 
being too anxious to just going, okay, no, I'm excited about this. this is a game. It changes it to a game. It changes yeah. it to play. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was important. I think it was a really good lesson for me to learn. Um, all right, mate. Well, I want to keep shifting this show along. Um, this has been fantastic, by the way. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. You should not have imposter syndrome. You speak <laughs> well. You, you've had a remarkable story. So I want to finish up with two big questions, all right? Um, so first one. What is one tip you have for people on how to optimize their life? Ooh. Put you on the spot. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's something that I've always tried to um, practice and uh, preach it a lot is find balance in your life. I think it um, can be easy to tie your identity to your career or your hobby or a certain aspect of your life. And I think it's important to to uh, find your own identity outside of, you know, and for me, I guess, as an example is, um, you know, try not to tie my identity to triathlon and be a professional athlete. Um, and that's not always as easy as, um, as you know, I'm making it out to say It's right very now. difficult. And, it's very difficult. Um, but, I yeah. kind of touched on it earlier in the show with um, kind of going through those mental health issues. Yeah. Um, you know, when I didn't have triathlon, I almost felt a little bit lost. Um, well, so, that's what happens when you retire. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's like, oh. And it's, I think it's important to have um, other, you know, other irons in the fire and other things that light your passions and um, things like that. And So for you, what is that? That's movies and, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I sounds, mean, it's your wife, Sarah. Yeah, you've, got, you've got a few things. I think, but, uh, you know, something from relationships are really mm -hmm. important to me and friendships and um You've got, you got to invest in those, don't you? Yeah, you actually actually absolutely. have to make an yeah. effort. And yeah. I haven't always been the best at doing that oh, um, through my early 20s when I did think triathlon was everything, you know, and um, I think now in my wise old 30s, yeah. um, you know, I'm looking back on some of those things that I didn't perhaps do very well. Um, and, yeah, so relationships are super important to me and uh, my family, my brothers, my mum and my dad and, yeah, Sarah. So that's good on you. I think the relationship side of things became even more important during that COVID. For me, that was, you know, now I talk to my mum probably every second day, right? Yep. You know, she's in Australia. Hopefully we can see each other soon. And my brothers, I speak to them so much more. And I found COVID as much as it was bad and lockdowns. And the blessing there was that it actually made me my relationships stronger yeah. with family. I made more of an effort. Yeah, and, and, and I now think, I have that routine in my life. Yeah, it's become absolutely. a thing. Yeah. I mean, if there was something good that did come out of yeah. COVID, it was that. It did bring people together because yeah. even though know, we were kept apart, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I love the expression, nothing's ever too bad that there's nothing good. Mm. Um, you know, while it can seem like um, you know, COVID was terrible, but for a lot of people, there was good things like reconnecting with family and, and friends. Slowing and, down and, and yeah. being in the moment. I remember walking with Laura, we were walking down the street and, and, and this was, must've been in about May or June of, you know, 2020. And I said to Laura, this is the first time in my life where I haven't been planning and thinking forward. Yeah. Like I'm a real forward plan. I, I, and I'm like, I can't. Yeah. I can't plan anything. I can't think forward because I don't know when the world's waking. Yeah. And so I'm right here. I'm right here right now. It's the first time. I'd never had that before. And it was such a, it was almost like this an awakening experience, right? Where I'm like walking down the road with the kids, actually looking at the flowers. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it Just it sounds so crazy. Stopping but it, and smelling. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And it, for me, that was one of the great takeaways from from that year was to stop for a moment, stop looking so far forward, stop pushing mm -hmm. and just be. 
and that was that was great so i like i like your answer of yeah. balance mate i think it's a fantastic all right next one and you kind of answered this a bit earlier in the in the rapid fire but let's see what you come up with um if you could sit and have a coffee with any living person who would it be and why Ooh. i mean yeah i did kind of touch on it um it probably would be I know I invited him to dinner, but it probably would be Michael Phelps, yeah. I think. Um, well, why don't you just have the dinner? Have all three of them. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, um, just his excellence and what drove him. Yeah, we'll to have his... to line that up. I'm yeah, sure, yeah, I'm I'm sure, sure somebody, listening, <laughs> somebody listening knows, knows Michael Phelps. I, I'm sure we're one degree away. There's, there's no yeah, way we don't. Hopefully. Close, so. um, and, yeah, maybe I can absorb some of his excellence through osmosis or just, something. Just, just yeah, rub yeah. shoulders. <laughs> Suddenly you're swimming a couple of minutes faster. Uh, mate, what's next? That was awesome. You've got these couple of races. And then, yeah, uh, so um, LA try in three weeks and then Oceanside. Um, yeah, and then that might be it for the year for me, depending on uh, if I can do Daytona or not. I might have to leave the country before the race. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'll do those two races and then um, see what happens after that. All right. Well, if any immigration lawyers listening to this, Sam Apo needs to stay a couple of extra days to do Daytona and he needs to probably work on his green card. So American immigration people, contact me. I'll put you in touch with Sam. We'll just reach, <laughs> out, reach out to him on his... Uh, I, uh, what are you doing? Instagram, Instagram messages. That's the best way. Right. Sam, this was absolutely fantastic, mate. I'm so glad you were able to come up the road and join me here. This has been brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. And it's great to do it in person. And oh, so great. Uh, I so much feel better. like the, uh, you know, you can really vibe off each other and it, it, it is just like having a beer with a friend. Yeah. You know, people are listening in, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Well, and for everybody listening, we just got to thank you for listening to us. Wrap it on. That was fantastic. You'll be able to check out all the show notes and timestamps and all the coupon codes at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. All right, Sam, that was fantastic, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Greg. Cheers. Thanks a lot for listening to Be With Champions. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Be With Champions Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.